Welcome to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church, Springfield, Tennessee. Listen now as we join our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests as they give biblical insight into your toughest theological questions as we explore the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in to uh, yet another podcast that we found another hour. And uh, I'm grateful and so grateful for our guests that are with us today. Basically, we had a continuation of some questions before, so I just invited our uh, guests back. And and, uh, let me reintroduce those. Brother Michael Sharon, our student pastor at Grace Baptist in Springfield. And uh, Brother Michael, well, I didn't get you much airtime uh, last time to tell about what's going on in the student ministry, but uh, tell us tell us a little bit about what's going on in student world. Student world's looking great in the life of Grace Baptist Church. Um, we're praying that we're going to see 20 decisions in 2020 for our students, so we're excited about that and, and making headway. And um, I just get so excited when I get to talk to students and just see their untapped potential to just just dream with them. Imagine what they're going to be doing five, six years from now down the road for the Lord and hopefully for Grace Baptist as we plug them in and get them serving in the kingdom. Amen. So, so you have middle schoolers too, right? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. It's amazing to hear their dreams. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we so enjoy that. But also, again, I, I'm so excited because uh, our next guest um, uh, who's in the studio with us is uh, none other than Dr. Larry Robertson. He was with us last week, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful. Brother Larry is my pastor, and uh, what an incredible, incredible ministry he has uh, here in Clarksville. Uh, our journey has been together almost 20 years, and, um, and 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 he's not even tried to kill me but twice. So, I mean, it's just been an incredible— Obviously, I failed. Obviously, <laughs> I failed. So, uh, but it, it has just been an amazing experience, an amazing ride, and I'm grateful, as I said last week, Brother Larry, for your investment in not only my life but so many of us young pastors and uh, just, just helping nurture us along. Um, and given us, uh, well, the, the wherewithal, but yet also the confidence to go out here and pastor. Um, you, uh, I may have shared this with you, but our residency program, uh, our associate pastor in residence, has just been picked up by New Orleans uh, Baptist Theological Seminary as a permanent part of their infrastructure, and they're going to begin uh, sending in 2022. The program starts this year in uh, 2020, and then they'll spend two years in the classroom. In 2022, they're placed in churches uh, as resident pastors uh, and, and they'll serve there for two years. So basically, it's a paid, um, a, 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 you know, they, these guys are going to get classroom education. Then they're going to field experience to which they get paid to go to school. And uh, so that's an incredible um, that great. It, It's great for them. But I, I, I tell you that really the foundation of all that. Uh, falls back to you and uh, you starting me here in a pastoral internship that later moved into an associate pastor on, uh, in position here, young adult pastor. But that pastoral internship, uh, allowing someone like me to come in and learn uh, what it looks like to, to see church from the inside out. So thank you for that. And I'll give you credit for it. 
and um, but give the Lord glory for it. How about Brother, that? I will take all the credit that I can for anything good that you do, <laughs> but I don't want to take the blame for anything else. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I love you. I thank God for you, and and um, you know I I don't want to speak in past terms about the journey that we've had. Uh, that sounds too morbid to me. I, I believe and trust that we both have a long time. Well, you are getting get, older, though. Well, You're getting, you've man, been here almost 20 years. You're trailing right behind me, though. Well, so. listen, 20 years at Hilldale and our Grace or any Baptist church, you know they're measured in dog years. Well, this is, it so, feels like that sometimes. Amen. Amen. Like so, hey, listen, I want us to talk um, and, and get to, we, we had a great question. Where did Cain get his wife? That's what we answered last time. But this time I want to share some questions that our listeners have sent in. Uh, this next one is from Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. And here's, here's the question. Uh, and it's a simple question. Uh, Brother Steve, is... All that we know about Enoch being taken away in death described in this passage. Now, again, I had to read that several different ways and several different times. But basically, from Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, and, and here's what the passage says. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So we know the nuts and bolts of this is basically Enoch. And Brother Larry, I'll let you set up exactly who Enoch was. But, but Enoch, for lack of better terms, according to the scripture, did not die. That God just took him. We know of another, uh, I hate to use the word character um, because they're real people. But we know of another person in the Bible who did not die. And that was Elijah. And he was taken in a whirlwind. Okay, so... As we've described that, um, the question is specifically about Enoch, but what, what, why is this so unique, and how does this happen? What does that look like, and is this all we know? Well, pretty much. I mean, all we have is the biblical testimony. And, and uh, this, this Enoch, though, this Enoch was the great, 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 great grandson of Adam. Okay. And he was the great grandfather of Noah. Now we we know what we know from the passage you read, and if we read the surrounding passage, we know that Enoch lived sixty-five years and became the father of Methuselah. Then Enoch walked with God three hundred years after he became the father of Methuselah, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were three hundred and sixty-five years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Well, what does it mean then to walk with God? Well, Hebrews chapter 11 in the New Testament in the roll call of faith says, beginning in verse 5, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Mm -hmm. His walk with God was a walk of faith, but it was a walk that was so pleasing to God that God didn't let him die. Now, I don't know why God didn't let him die, but God didn't let him die. I mean, Moses sat face to face with the Lord in the tent, but he died. I don't know why Enoch didn't die. And whatever speculation we add to that is just that. It's just speculation. Um, he was pleasing to God, and God, for reasons known to him, um, 
didn't allow him to die. Now, some people make a big to-do about Enoch and Elijah and, mm-hmm. and ascribe future implications, but, but that's just speculation. We don't know those things to be true. Well, certainly to be speculation, and just to highlight what you're talking about, you know, in the book of Revelation and, you know, in eschatology, looking at end times, uh, there's, there are two witnesses that come, and, and you know, and, and we, we don't have time to go through all the theological But that's just speculation that, that because they didn't die, right. God kind of pushed pause on their lives, and he's going to bring them back, you know, kind of take them out of time, put them back into time, all that speculation. They may very well be those witnesses, well, but we don't know that. And in that speculation, and Brother Michael, you, you speak to this, there are uh, what— because there's many other theories about who those two witnesses exactly. would be. Some might say Moses. Uh, you know, just about all of them include Elijah for some reason. But, you know, really out of all the Bible, all that we know of is two people, biblically, who did not taste death yet. Okay, because here, here's the surrounding question that really kind of undergirds those theological ideas, even though they're assumptions or presumptions Still, the Bible says in Hebrews 9.27 that it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. So the reality is, according to the writer of Hebrews, everybody's going to die. Now, I shared a good New Year's sermon on, you know, January 5th. Uh, of this year and uh, you know talked about I mean that was the great encouragement for the for the new year coming in and everybody expecting a good encouraging new year sermon you know what I preached on uh, death death I mean everybody gonna die you know what I told them one out of one Being I mean I, it's a statistic I mean it's a great statistic I know it's startling okay but this is all your, those years of your investment and in seminary education here's what I got one out of one of us gonna die Amen. 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 So, uh, but if the Bible, so it does kind of undergird that. Think about that, Brother Michael, as, um, you know, appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. If Enoch and Elijah haven't died, then they've not met that criteria, which could lead to the idea that at some point in time they will die. Yeah, I mean, it's a confusing thing to think about because then you're left with the question, well, then where are they? Yeah. Right, like, like, are they here? Are are they there? Are they somewhere in between? Um, to which I would say, I, I don't know. That's a great question, you know. But we do know that it does say that it's appointed unto man once to die. So maybe they're coming back to die at a different time. I'm I'm not sure. But the thing about Enoch that that really gets me is, you know, you know, it says that he walked with God. And I think it's interesting that that's that's the kind of the similar language that. Um, that we hear about Adam and Eve, you know, that he walked with them in the garden. It's the same language, but before they sinned. But, you know, specifically, what was it that he did or what was it about his life that, that, that really pleased God? And I believe there's only one other passage that really speaks to Enoch in the Bible, right? And it's in Jude. And, and that kind of tells us that, that he was a preacher, that, that he prophesied and said, these are the things that are going to come upon those that are unrighteous, upon those that commit things and do things that ought not to be done. And God was so pleased with it that he said, yep, I'm taking you. <laughs> You're yeah. not going to die. And, I mean, and, you know, based on our conversation in last podcast about marrying our sister, 
His sister, I mean, he may have got the ugly one. And God said, man, I got to bless you for that because, <laughs> listen, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. Brother, is that going to be edited out? Or <laughs> no, we let that roll. No, we let <laughs> that go. We let that go. <laughs> He's kidding. For those of you who are like swerving, <laughs> driving down the road right now. He's kidding. Oh, we have a good time now. We, we keep it real. But um, certainly, you know, we come to the conclusion when it comes to Enoch. I mean, this is really all we know. And anything outside of what's mentioned in Jude and what's mentioned here is pure speculation. But it does give us something to think about because um, the Bible, there are several uh, what I call cliffhangers in some areas where we just simply don't know. Let's take heaven, for instance. You know, I once preached a, a funeral sermon here at Hilldale where, you know, I left great speculation about running the streets of Jerusalem instead of the streets of gold. I mean, well, I mean, we had such, I, I had such rich the, theological viewpoints in my younger years, and, you know, they've really not gotten any better. But, so uh, I've got hope. I it mean, does get better. But the, great, I mean, the greater context of this story, and, and I know we're taking up time, but the greater context of this story is that Steve and I did a funeral together, and he did what you ought not do, and that is to ask your pastor, how did I do? Now, he had the very best of intention. I said, man, it's it it fine. And he said, no, man, tell me, tell me. And I said, well, you might have left a little confusion in people's minds when you said that the lady was running the streets of Jerusalem. <laughs> and he said, I didn't say that. And I said, yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> well. Yeah, and and so with that great encouragement from Brother Larry, you know, I mean, he he he. So really, now, if if he and I do funerals, right before he goes out, I say, now look, don't think about the streets of Jerusalem. Don't even let the so running the streets of Jerusalem cross your mind. Do not think about the streets of Jerusalem. And then you know what I do if I do a funeral with him? I never ask. Hey, man, how'd I do? You know. All right, I'll see you at the next one. Yeah, okay, that. Gave that up. But, yeah, such rich theological. But, you know, oftentimes, you know, even when we think about heaven, I mean, there's some what I call little cliffhangers. God gives us enough information, but he doesn't give us. If you really think about heaven as a whole from the Bible, yes, we get a small glimpse, but we have no idea. We can't imagine yeah. glass or, or gold that is clear as glass. Yeah, it's on like the streets of Jerusalem. It's like that song Chris Rice used to sing. Smell the color nine. It's going to be a reality that we can't even begin to imagine. But but God, there's so much that that we don't know, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, sometimes we think there is that, that we know all there is to know, when in reality we don't know the half of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's okay because the reality is, as Hebrews eleven reminds us time and again, the life that we have is a life of faith. And we, we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is what pleases God. Faith is what saves us. Absolutely. The ability to believe in something you cannot see. By biblical definition, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. But faith saves us, and then faith sustains us. This is how we walk with God. And as you said in Hebrews eleven six, this is how we please God. Yes. He loves us to walk following him into the unknown. So... We're grateful for that. Well, here's another question that we'll get to right after this break. You're listening to We Found Another Hour. 
a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about our church or any of its affiliates, please go online to www.gbcspringfield.org or simply write to us via email at podcast at gbcspringfield.org. We'd love to hear from you. Let's continue now listening as our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guest continue to give biblical insight to your toughest theological questions. Well, we're certainly uh, knocking these questions out, and thank you guys again for being just um, uh, on point on the questions that we have from our listeners. Here's one uh, from Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. And basically, the question pertains to uh, how things were prior to the flood. Because the Bible says here, then the Lord saw that the, this is Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Mm. So here's the question. The listener asked, could they have been any worse than we are now? And that's a, I mean, that's a great question. And I think that we could shorten the podcast and we could simply say, uh, no, they're not any worse where all the same. But I think there's some things and provisions that God put in place um, that uh, uh, protect us from what occurred in uh, Genesis chapter yeah. 6, even though mankind is continuing. We, we are wretched, and we're thankful for Christ and, and uh, the grace and the mercy that's bestowed into our life from a Savior. But without Jesus and without God's provision from Genesis chapter 6 forward, we're, we're depraved and we have no hope. But, uh, to, so the simple answer would be is, me personally, I don't think, uh, you, you know, that anything's any worse. I think that um, uh, things are just, we're the same. Through one man's sin entered in the world, and it, it perpetuates and continues. Now, you may have other thoughts. I'm curious what you guys think about where we are in terms of now versus then. Well, let me, let me, let me go first just to be short. I, I do think it was worse. Um, and, and just for a really simple reason, if, if you look at you know, Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, God says, And the Lord said, My spirit will not abide in man forever, for he is flesh, and his days will be 120 years. So he gives this this thing that he's going to do. Nobody's going to live past 120. And then in verse 5, he answers the question, well, why? Well, because the thoughts, the intentions of their heart is continuously evil. And and just think about it like this. Without the presence of, of God in humanity, things continually go from bad to worse. They, they never progress or go the other direction. It just gets bad and worse and worse and worse. So think about that through, through the human life who's lost and never meets, never encounters God, never, never ever repents of any sin that lives to be seven or 800 years old. <laughs> I mean, that's just terrifying to, to think about. And God says, okay, it's, it's, I, personally, I think God says, okay, it's gone on long enough. The intention of their heart is always evil, even five, six, seven, eight hundred years old. I'm going to limit their lifespan to 120 years old. Now, that's, that's just me personally. I do think it was worse, but, but not on the scale that their sin is worse than my sin, but just that corruption and evilness. We know that all sins equal, right? We all fall short. Um, but 
I don't know. That that's just me personally. Ooh, that that brings a good question that we won't answer today. But are all sins equal? They all carry the same eternal punishment. But are they all equal in the eyes of God? Don't answer that. Let's stick on task yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, I'd love to chase that rabbit. But I, I would I would say this. I'm entering into my 38th year of ministry. I started preaching when I was 15 years old. It was. 1982 and people talked about how that Jesus has got to come back any day now because the world is so bad and what we were talking about in the early 80s was rock music and long hair Mm -hmm. you know a decade or so before that you know the sexual revolution and long hair and rock music and uh, in 1982 when I started preaching I could not imagine what we would be talking about and dealing with in 2020. Hmm. And so it's like every year that passes, the the question, could it ever get worse, is answered with a resounding, uh, yeah, yeah, it could be worse. And, and so even in our own lifetimes, we've seen what we thought was the worst get worse. And when I think about the Genesis account, uh, the Genesis 6 situation leading up to the flood. Imagine, just just imagine living for nearly a thousand years. Can you imagine? No, the only one on our staff that could identify is Brother Bob, our senior adult <laughs> pastor. Because, I mean, he, I said in our first podcast, he and Jesus graduated high school together. Ouch. So, you know, I mean, it's great. It's but can great. you imagine, though, seriously living nearly a thousand years? What if you, what if you had that long to learn a skill? Say the guitar or the piano. Can you imagine how good you would be? Can you imagine how refined your skill would be after mm-hmm. century after century after century? But would the same not be true in all respects, including hardened hearts mm. and bad habits? Now what I'm about to say is bad English but good preaching. Just as you could become gooder than good, you could become badder than bad. You could get gooder than good with some skill, but you could get badder than bad with some sin. Listen, I do have to stop you right here because we have listeners in Syracuse, New York, and many places up north. They're going to love that. Gooder well, Good or good, yes. Well, that, that's, that preaches down here in the that's South. Freemanism. Yeah, that Free, preaches. That's, that's, that's Freemanism. I'm, I'm just, I'm just adapting to my, my so climate. And by the way, for our listeners, we are in the buckle of the Bible Belt right now. So we're in the gooder of the good place. All right. So it. <laughs> seriously, I mean, when you think about the lifetime that we live, and uh, and 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 the progression of our own lives, you 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 put rejection of God. You, you put sin, you put bad habits in general, and then multiply that century after century after century after century. I don't it's, think it's, it's getting bad. any better. Yeah. No, no. And, and so uh, the wickedness, I, I, I wouldn't have any difficulty at all saying that the wickedness reached such an excess that God said enough. Um, but it all depends on what measuring sticks we use to determine whether one is worse and 
one is better. I, I don't know how you well, determine something, that something bad is better. So, so let, let's think about this in terms of context of time and the magnitude and the, and the perpetuation, if you will, of the magnitude of sin. Okay. So uh, we know, and we can calculate this. Of course, uh, we had a question about earth and the age of the earth, and I'm a young earth theologian. And um, so in that, and, and just walking through, we know that approximately 1,656 years after Adam and Eve, after the creation, I mean, it's just 1,600 years, um, and things got... Uh, you know, so bad. So the question becomes, could they be any worse than they are now? And when I say that I think things are are on the same scale, one, they live longer, so the lifespan's been shortened, but two, we've been much longer. I mean, we're another 4,000 years post-flood. So the same sin, the same seed of sin, and the same perpetuation of sin, based on what you described, could it be that we're at a time where really... Things look the same in, in the scale, but the difference between God's dealing with us now versus God's dealing with it is, is the covenant that was made with Noah after, um, after this uh, event of the flood. I mean, could, where, where do we stand on that? Not sure I understand your question. Well, I don't even. I don't ask me to repeat it because I don't even know what I said. But it was good. It was, it was good, good preaching. It sounded really good. I mean, it was great. They uh, would all I'll be say proud. amen, amen. <laughs> but, but I'm not exactly sure what you're asking. But here, I mean, here's here's the reality. the The question is, were they worse than we are now? I say no. I say, as a matter of fact, that that we might even be on a scale. Okay. Worse. Then, then let me let me play the part of advocate. Then why is God not destroying the world? And, you know, obviously he's not going to do a flood because he promised that he wouldn't. But why why the patience now if he didn't have patience then? Well, because the Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 8, that God is patient toward us, not wanting any to perish. But the Bible also says that God does not change. And so... Uh, and, I, and I'm not being argumentative. I'm just saying. Well, this time it sounds like an old staff meeting to me. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that God is the same God today as he has ever been. And, and so when we say, well, things are worse today than they were then, then we're giving rise to the question, then why did he destroy them then? And he's not destroyed us yet today. We know judgment's coming. But why, why is he being patient with us when he wasn't with them? Sure. And, and I don't know that we're going to answer that question. I, I don't, I, and I don't know. And, and I think that... Um, I mean, the same question could be asked. Why, you know, why did God not grant forgiveness to angels who rebelled against him but responded to Adam's and Eve's sin immediately by slaying an animal, spilling blood, and covering their sin. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know the mind and heart of God in that respect. And, and that is really, you know, when, we, when it comes down to it, we respect and understand and trust by faith that everything that God, God does, one, we can trust him because he's never wrong. But two, we have to understand it's his world, it's his universe, it's his prerogative. And he's revealed what he wants us to know only in the word. And, and, and so that's what we go with. And that, so there are going to be these mysteries 
of the faith that are actually beautiful things. We don't have to be afraid of mysteries. We don't have to reject all mystery. If anything, we need to embrace the mystery of our faith. God has revealed much across the years, um, most demonstrably in Christ, but but there are still those areas of our lives and, and, uh, and of our understanding that are filled with mystery. That provokes faith because mm-hmm. all we have to go on is faith. That's exactly right. Walking in the unseen, unknown, but yet trusted world that God has created and guides us through. So um, listen, it's a great question. I want to wrap it up again. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for all that you uh, do in ministry. I'm going to leave us with uh, parting thoughts with one final question from Genesis 7:23, and basically this is post flood. And I'll just read that verse, and uh, we won't set up the context as we've been talking about the flood and how everything uh, created uh, with. Uh, well, there's probably more complex answer to this, but everything God decided to destroy based on what we've been talking about. But here's what it says in verse 23. Thus God blotted out every living thing that was upon the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky, and they were blotted out from the earth. And not only, or, and I'm sorry, and only Noah was left together with those that were with him in the ark. Here's the question, uh, Brother Steve. Verse 23 sort of implies. Sort of, not sort of, sort of. I like that. Sort of implies that water animals lived through the flood, did they? Parting thoughts on that, Brother Michael. Do you believe that the uh, that those fish in the sea and fish in the water, that all of them survived? And My vote is yes, just because the Scripture says it moved on the earth, on the face of the earth, who had breath in their lungs, so, yes, I, I vote that they survived in the water. All right, Brother Larry, you are the last word and the great theologian on the flood here. Well, that's a scary thought. I, I would say not necessarily. Uh, I don't, Somehow I knew you were going to say that. But anyway, go ahead. Well, I mean, you think about an ichthyosaur, a sea reptile. Um, you know, we, we have their bones. What killed them? And it may have been, you know, the change of the salinity of the water, for instance. Um, uh, you, you've got the trilobites that uh, were arthropods. You know, we, we have their fossils today. And, um, you know, perhaps the, the changing currents, the changing salinity, the saltiness of the water, uh, sea temperatures, all of these things that would happen. Uh, you know, the scripture speaks of water, you know, falling, but it also speaks of the earth breaking forth rising. and rising. And so you've got what amounts to a, a kind of a, a volcanic explosion coming from under the earth that would most likely have impacted the, um, you know, the, the makeup of the water. Um, you know, a lot of people actually discuss the, the saltiness the salinity of the water, fresh water and salt water. There are some creatures that have great resistance to differing environments. There are some creatures that are in very refined, very confined environments. And so you, you take them out of one environment, put them in another, they die. Mm-hmm. Whereas some are um, more able to adapt. And so I would say that it is conceivable 
that that many sea creatures died. But I agree that, you know, the creatures that were on the ark, you know, there are actually some people that criticize the uh, the whole idea of Noah's Ark that how did he put an aquarium on the ark? That's silly. <laughs> he didn't have to take, I mean, in fact, the scriptures are explicitly clear that it's those creatures that, you know, breathe the breath of life. But uh, I don't think that it's necessary that all the creatures in the water live. I think that in all likelihood, many of them did die just because of the tremendous changes that happened. But every creature that lived, Every creature that survived, survived by God's sovereign hand. And, uh, and so in the end, you know, we, we have all that needed to survive. Maybe, maybe um, large bodies of certain species died, but the species survived. You know, I, I don't know. Hmm. Well, those are interesting thoughts. Here's my tidbit on that. I have no idea. So I thank y'all for uh, giving insight to that. And I really appreciate uh, you guys being here. I appreciate our listeners and their questions. And uh, they provoke some deep theological thinking. And uh, it's been um, uh, a great journey. It is a great journey to do these podcasts and answer these tough theological questions. Thank you both for being here. Brother Larry, we love you. Thank you you for your ministry. And Brother Michael, we love you. Uh, Keep up the great work, guys. God bless. Thank you for listening to We Found Another Hour with your host, Dr. Steve Freeman, a ministry and podcast of Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ, we'd love to have that conversation. Please contact us at 615-384-3393. For other questions or information regarding Grace Baptist Church or its affiliates, write to us via email, podcast at gbcspringfield.org. And as always, as we explore the Bible together, if you have a theological question that you'd like answered on our podcast, send the question to podcast at gbcspringfield.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you.